Hello, good evening, and welcome to The Game is About Glory. I'm your host, Steph, and joining me tonight are Ricky and Milo. Hello, gentlemen. Hello, Steph. Steph. Yeah, you know, funny chaps. I just mentioned to my wife and daughter on, on separate phone calls. I'm traveling right now, so I'm away from them, that we were doing this week's pod, and I was met with a chorus of, the season's over. What are you going to talk about? Oh, how little they know. Squad review, I roared. Get into some player. The game is about glory judgment style. And here's how get into some player judgment. The game is about glory style. That's how it should have read. <laughs> oh, dearie me. It's going to be a fun one. But look, let me just get into how we're going to do that. And by that, I mean judging players. That's what we're doing. We're going to look at each area of the team and discuss who stays, who goes, who we loan out and who is available at the right price. We've got a manager now. So we are aiming to tailor the squad to Angie's requirements whilst accepting that it's probably too much to complete all of that in one window. Oh, I don't accept that, but you're probably right. <laughs> but look, before, before we start, let's do a bit of housekeeping. The Premier League transfer window opens this Wednesday, 14th of June. However, English clubs will only be allowed to sign players from domestic leagues until July 1, when international deals are then permitted. The window was slammed shut again at 11pm British Standard Time on Friday the 1st summertime. of September. Summertime. British oh. summertime. <laughs> there we go. That's what, sorry, by uh, butchering of BST there. It's a good start. I'm, it's, glad, it's good and, to be back, and, boys. It's good to be the, back. And you're on this side of the, the Atlantic for a change as well. And I, I no still excuse. can't get my acronyms right. I know. It would be great if my brain would adapt to the acronym depending on where I am. It would be really good. Actually, if my brain would adapt to anything at this time, it would be wonderful. <laughs> Anyway, well, yes, British British summertime. Thank you. Preseason training begins at the beginning of July. We depart on our preseason tour a few weeks later and play West Ham in Perth on Tuesday, 18th of July. You could see I really held back from an accent there. Leicester City in Bangkok on Sunday, the 23rd of July, and AS Roma in Singapore on Wednesday, the 26th of July, which might be the one game I really want to make sure we win more than any other this season already. But anyway, uh, <laughs> the Premier League season kicks off on Saturday, 12th of August. And before I butcher any more acronyms and fudge any more opening lines, Milo, you want to, <laughs> you want to take care of the squad stuff here? Yeah, I'll do the domestics. Shall I? Yeah. So we currently have a 34 first team squad members. That includes outgoing loans and ingoing loans. So, you know, long lay and, uh, Decky and um, Dan Juma included that as our Undumbele and Lacelso and what have you. Um, Premier League clubs are allowed to register a maximum of 25 players. Uh, they can supp supplement this with unlimited number of players under the age of 21. And for this coming season, players who count as under 21 have to be born after the 1st of January 2002. Uh, the squad can contain a maximum of 17 non-homegrown players. Non-homegrown players be of any nationality or age. So the non-homegrown players in our squad currently are Larice, Dyer, Perisic, Bentoncur, Romero, Porro, Sun, Basuma, Richarlison, Hoybier, Royal, Kulosevsky, Sanchez, Region, Lacelso, Undembele, and Hill. Mm. That is seventeen. So if we want to bring in any foreigners, we need to get rid of some of them. Mm. One in, one out. Well. Well, a bit, a bit more than that, and, uh, <laughs> and this, which leads us perfectly into this question. Actually, why do I ask this as well? While well, we're here, so what type of squad size do you think we should be aiming for for this season? Um, me, um, I think. Well, judging by the fixture list this year, um, we're going to be without European football. Um, I've been pretty much. I'm kind of being indifferent on whether we have a European football or not, just basically because there's positive and minuses to both sides of that argument. But we're gonna we're gonna see what it you know how it leaves us and whether it does. Uh, 
bring us to a, a successful league season as it seems to be for other teams that have experienced no European football. So I, I think that helps us with our squad from the point of view of numbers. We can have a tighter squad. Obviously, we've got to, we've got to whittle down a massive 34 players there. So um, uh, whether we can run with 22, 23, um, whether we can get uh, the kind of full-time pros down to that number is another matter. Someone's going to have to certainly get their skates on in the... Well, maybe the director of football will have to get their skates on in the old so, transfer market. So, um, so you think about 22, 23? I think, I think so, yeah. I think because we can... Yeah, as long as they're the right players. Let's put it that way. I'm going to go for a 24-man squad. One extra. I was going to say 23, but somehow 24 sounds about right. I don't know. It's probably one more than we really need. Uh, so, you know, the, the, the logical side says 23, but the uh, sort of superfluous... I like that guy's hair and the colour of his shirt side of me says 24. I don't know. I always like to have an extra insurance card in my pocket, but it probably wouldn't be good in terms of, you know, seriously, in terms of a youth player that we could be keeping versus having to ship them on or loan them out. So. Under 21s wouldn't count in that number, Ooh. Steph. So. Oh, then I'm down to 22 players probably at okay. that point. So, yeah, because oh. we can we can have unlimited kids. Mm. Okay. So, well, maybe 22 is the number then. Good God, I'm dialing myself all over the place. I'll, you know what? I'll stick with 22 and then we'll see where it ends up. Yeah, 22. I agree. I agree. Cut to the bone. I think I know, is- you, I know you love this, don't you? This is your favourite pod of the year because you, you get to wave that, that, that machete, don't you? We'll kind of find out where we end up as we go through the players because then we think, oh, hold up then. This is where we're at. Because I suppose some of our... Did you say uh, go through the players? You mean as Milo machetes his yeah. way through <laughs> them? Two-footed two through to some the of bone. them. To the bone. I love it. Oh, great. We're going two-footed through some of them and like <laughs> arm around the shoulder with others. Yeah. And then, you know, I've, already done, I've already done the artwork, pod artwork for this week. It's called the <laughs> night, night of the Long knives and uh <laughs> of course it is oh, bodies everywhere by the time we've finished well i've finished <laughs> yeah. anyway um but you'll be florence nightingale to get around steph per, putting bandages on and uh and trying to god i have so many lost causes to look after i don't know what to do with myself <laughs> unbelievable I, I mean seriously though i think this is a real opportunity for us here because we've had a bit of a kind of yeah. unbalanced squad these last few years and particularly with kind of the homegrown players in European competitions where the rules are, um, are tougher, uh, we've suffered. And, you know, that's why we had to write off Doherty's contract in January in order to bring in Porro and uh, well, Dan Juma, wasn't it, actually, then? But that's the problem. Yeah, you know, we've been right up against it. And I think we've got an opportunity here to, you know, we've got a squad that's built for two games a week. We're only going to be playing one game a week. We can cut right back. And then if we qualify for Europe, you know, off the back of next season, then we've got the chance to do our business next summer without having to worry about selling players first. And we've been in that position for too long now where yeah. we need to sell in order to buy. And I think you know, we've got a chance to reset here. Yeah. You know, yeah. hopefully, hopefully sign some players who help us with our um, homegrown balance so we don't have that problem in Europe, but also um, you know, start from a, you know, a, a core group that we can build out from should we need to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I completely agree. And that's one of the main advantages for me. Oh, well, we're running into the next question. So why don't I just ask the next question and then let you answer it and then I'll carry on with what I was about to say. And that question is, does not having European football have any impact on that? So chaps, why don't you go first and then I'll come back to what I was about to get yeah. into. I mean, I think we, I think both Ricky and I have kind of answered that. I think, you know, it, uh, I think you're right. You know, in terms of that 25-man squad, you know, plus kids, what have you, I think that's probably where you are if you've got European football. Um I think, you know, we can bet, bet, cut that right back to, you know, a couple of players per, per, per position without that. Yeah, I think, um, I mean, without those, well, it'd be six kind of group games. Um, it'd just be hard to spread the minutes around, really. Mm-hmm. And I think 
if he can cut the squad down and then also inherit that kind of midweek time to work on what mm. he needs to work on, I think, admittedly, extra games would give him a chance to see those players. But I think, I feel this season it's more outweighed by him having more time on the training ground, to be honest. Because the other thing is, with the midweek games, you've got the travelling and all that going on as well. I mean, one yeah. thing, we'll, we'll have one extra League Cup game, won't we? Because I think we have to... Yes, for the first um, time since 2000... Yeah. Uh, well, since since <laughs> since, um, since the Eastland's year, since Peter Crouch's, we're, we're going to be playing in the really, second yeah. round, yeah. I, I think the other thing is, is that you're also going to get players there who are going to get really bored. If they're not getting included, mm. there's only a limited number of games. Mm. So holding on to players for you know, sentimental reasons or, you know, what because they might be useful, doesn't actually do them any good. We're, you know, they're, they're going to get bored and we're going to run down their value. Well, and this is uh, this is actually what I was going to get into before I realised we kind of partially answered that question and asked it again. I, I, I think there are no excuses at all not to reshape this squad completely. And to further your point there, Milo, you know, there is no there's no real room for sentiment if we want to move forward and there's no need for it. You know, there's there there aren't these extra games. There's no excuse to be hanging on to people saying we need them. So, um, oh, blimey, I'm getting rather close to uh to Milo's machete here yeah. myself. There's a little bit. Yeah, uh, this blade. Bit... I don't need. I don't need two of them. You have this one. Mm, I feel a bit nervous actually. Well, I mean, speaking of machetes, uh, what are the most obvious gaps in the squad if we want to make it pasta coglu ready? Which, of course, means that we're uh, looking to where the gaps are, not to yeah. cut people out. So. I, I think the most av- obviously, obviously, keeper. We know Lloris wants out. Um, he's not fit. You know, not not suited to this game. So, a first choice goalkeeper who who's comfortable, you know, with the ball at their feet and could become an, a, an extra defender in terms of trying to play out from the back. Um, three centre backs because Romero is the only one we've got that's really fit for this style of play. And I think a ball-playing number six is the other obvious gap because you've got a couple of players who could play there, but it's not really massively you know, suited to any of them. I think all of our all of our midfielders are more 80 than 60 in, in Postacoglu's system. And, and even then, I think ideally you'd want to move a couple of them on and bring some other players in. Yeah, pretty much what Milo said, really. I don't think, I think any, I mean, some of the obvious ones, I think it was any manager that was coming in would need centre halves and the goalkeeper. That's almost like a given. Um, what I'm interested to see is how much Ange can, with some of the other positions, because we haven't got people that are always guaranteed to fit into his system, but it'd be interesting to see how, um, like, malleable some of these players are, if they've got, like, good basic technique and really good engines on them, whether he can, I mean, because I think when it comes to changing the player's position or the role they've got or coaching them, I just kind of think it's nice to see that because basically you're earning your wages as a manager. And I used to love it when Poch would make Dyer a holding midfielder or Dembele then found a permanent position for him and that kind of thing and integrated Delhi really easily and gave him a perfect role. And I kind of think at the sharp end of management, they're the things you need to be doing mm. really. And we've yeah. not seen a lot of that really. No, we haven't because we've no. That's for a, we've either discussed yeah. it to death or we can discuss all that again another time. But I completely agree. Yeah. No, but <laughs> I, I, yeah, look, the gaps I think are very, very. Uh, I think they're very obvious, aren't they? I mean, we, you know, f- for the style of football he's purporting to to play and bring in, he needs uh, very, very uh, quick, mobile. Uh, you know, defenders who are really good uh, with one touch work and, and getting out of trouble quickly. The goalkeeper is absolutely vital. I think that the um, possibly uh, the most vital position on the pitch in his system because he uses him as an outfield player almost, it, it, it seems. And, you know, he's quoted as saying that I don't care if the, if my goalkeeper gets lobbed once in a while. I mean, you know, it was a, it, I mean, I'm loosely paraphrasing, but I think it's a vital position. I think myself that we have an enormous gap uh, for uh, for a creative midfielder, and we need to get one, if 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 only to reestablish our identity as a football club. But I also think that 
the what Postacogli ones, we're going to need one. And my only other question would be, and, and we're going to get into this, I know, with the individuals, but I just don't know. I have a feeling that one of our players, um, well, I'll just say I have a feeling Pedro Porro and this will become a discussion later. I feel Porro will end up playing further up the pitch because I just don't think he's a conventional right back and I don't think he can become one. I wonder if we'll need another right back to supplement Royale. That might be my only other my only other question. But in terms of massive gaps, it's those centre backs, goalkeeper, isn't it? And uh and, and a creative midfielder. Yep. I would think. So I mean I suppose that leads us to uh what is a realistic turnover given the situation this summer. And I can't wait. I'm gonna Milo, you've got to come in first on this next question. How many in and out would you well, like to I, see I, this summer? So I mean based on that thirty four man squad, including you know, players who are on loan to us. I, I'd I'd want to bring in a minimum of five players in the summer. Yeah. So that means that we need to lose 17. <laughs> oh, yeah. 17. How many director of footballs do we need? <laughs> That's fantastic. Well, That's where that we might need more than one window, in, in, in all reality. Yeah, getting the no. five in is going to be easy. It's getting, getting them all out that's going to well, be tough, right? But then you're, but then you're over your, your squad limit, aren't you? So, um, or then they're going to be, people are going to be twiddling their thumbs. I mean, there's also restrictions on loans as well. I mean, they, they don't all have to be um, um, sales, but I think we're restricted to, I think it's seven international yeah. loans next season. Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah. Sure. Go on, Ricky. What, what, what do you just, think? I was just going to say, I think, um, I think it, the other thing that depends on is because I think us as Spurs fans, we actually we actually know a lot more about our players than, you know, people will say you're just fans you don't know, but with the old um, adage that, you know, you're an expert, if you put 10,000 hours into something, then I think we've all done probably <laughs> 20 times that. We've probably done 2 million hours. But, um, and there are some play. I mean, it just depends what Ange wants regarding viewing the players. And that includes all the ones that are coming back and whether we, we can quite easily point out players that we think we don't really need to be considering him. He needs to be going, but you don't know. He's a new man. He comes in. In, and he might have that kind of thing about him where he goes, I just want to go through all this. Well, the, and the, the word is everyone's going to get a couple of weeks of pre-season training to show themselves, right, including the players who are returning yeah. from load. And if you don't do it in those two weeks, then thank you very much. We'll move you on. That, I mean, that's that's the loose rumour, two, three weeks they'll get. I, I mean, I've, I've heard eight have been put up for sale already. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, okay. I mean, but hopefully, hopefully, I, I, and I wouldn't disagree with that. I think there are certain, you just need to kind of get ahead of the gut. You need to get on the front foot with it and try and get people out the door because it's the other seasons that have backed us into this corner. And it's not necessarily the club's fault. It's just that the market's collapsed and we've ended up having to do multiple bloody loans everywhere because no one's got any money. So, yeah. I mean, of that 17 I'm talking about, you know, two of those are Dan Chimra and Longley. If we let those go, then we're down to 15 mm. out. So, yeah. you know, it's not. It's well, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, but, uh, shall we go through this? In I, I love this. We've we've broken this down in in, in age, uh, which I which should we I just really rattle? Like. Should I rattle through that? I think so. I think yeah. it's such a it's a, yeah, it's would... really an interesting way, and it's a delineator, isn't it? Yeah. So but before that, should I just just go through what we've spent actually the last few years? Because again, I think Why that's not? that's quite interesting. So I've, I've yeah. broken this down. This um, data is taken from transfer market, okay, um, which is just about the most reliable kind of independent source out there for mm-hmm. for what we've spent. And I've gone back um, over the last six years from 1718. Um, so 1718, our gross spend was 121 million euros. Our net spend was 17.2 million euros. 1819 famously was zero. Um, uh, the net was uh, plus 5.35. So we sold a player um, to bring in some money. 1920 was 150.5 million uh, gross and 86 million euros net. 2021, 
was 110.5 million euros gross, 97.2 million net. 21-22 was 95.9 million uh, gross, 61.28 net. And 22-23 was 177.9 million euros gross and 139.15 million net. That last um, figure is really interesting, isn't so, it? Twenty two, twenty three is really and interesting. And that won't include uh, Pedro Porro, which we know we took on loan and we have to pay the fee for on, I think, the 1st of July. And it won't include mm. Decky either, who we also know we've taken that. on a loan. Well, yeah, so, we also, so we've, we've got Porro and Decky to pay. Uh, Rumours are on Decky that we're trying to negotiate it down. I think they're talking about 25 million is the fee that's being talked about at the moment. Um, and Porro, I think it's 40 million we've got to pay for him this summer. Really? Kicking the can down the road there, Ricky. I yeah, remember you well, said that. You, you love that phrase and you've said yeah, it before well, and here we yeah, are. No, I mean, yeah. we're there. We're there. Yeah. And maybe you've had to to sort of, because when you've got memories, I mean, since that zero season, we've probably been looking at almost net 100 million euros a season, just under 90 to 100 million euros. Mm-hmm. And of course, some of those things after that zero season was a COVID two years, really. So, mm-hmm. you know, we've had to kind of cover that somehow. But I mean, that's massive last year, considering it doesn't con- contain Decky or Porro. But of yeah. course, Decky and Poro fall into this year. So, and I think our, our figures are going to be good this year because of the Champions League. We'll probably be over 500 million on the income, but then next time round it, it will be yeah. without European money. So, I mean, I think realistically, we can probably expect to spend around the 100 to 150 million mark plus, yeah, plus sales. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, somewhere in that region. Squad age. So, this is the players listed in squad order, and I've kind of broken them down by kind of old, peak, and peak years and young. So our old fogies, uh, 36, Hugo Lloris, 35 is uh, Fraser Forster, and 34, Ivan Perisic. Um, peak years, so <laughs> last year's of being a peak year player, so my threshold for being old is 31. Mm. Oh, dear. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, so 30... Uh, Son and Davis, 29, Kane and Dyer. Got no 28-year-old players. 27, Hoybier, Winks, Lacelso and Longley. 26, <laughs> Reguillon, Sanchez and Dumbele, Danjuma, Richarlison and Basuma. 25, Joe Roden, Bentonker and Romero. So any player of 27 we can just discount for the next season, right? <laughs> Let's move on. Um, 24, Jaffet, Austin, Royal, Whiteman. 23, Cessignon, Decky, Porro. 22, Skip, Hill, Spence. 21, Harvey White. 20, Saar, New Doji. Uh, no 19-year-old, well, not within the first team squad, really. And then um, uh, Devine is 18. Hmm. And then, so, I mean, actually, I think, although Conte preferred older players, you know, realistically, you could see, of, of our older players, you could see Larissa and Perisic potentially going this summer, I would have thought, which only leaves Forster um, in that category. Son and Davis would fall into that into that camp pretty soon, but I'd be pretty relaxed about that. Kane and Dyer probably won't be in a problem within a couple of years. <laughs> so, you know, anyway, this squad, so it's not quite so bad in terms of that kind of older, older squad. Uh, contract length. So when when players' contracts are expiring. So this summer, it's only our loanees. So Decky's loan expires, Longley and Dan Juma. And of those, we know that we want to keep Decky. Um, next summer is a big one. Hugo Lloris, Harry Kane, Eric Dyer, Winks, Sanchez, Austin, Perisic and Forster. <laughs> Are we are we commenting now on this or no, are we just going to no, read this is it just back, this is just background. Okay. 
I will, I will, I will, I will hold my, my, hold but, my thoughts. But I think it's, it's useful to bear in mind when we're talking about who we keep and who yeah. goes. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And who will um, have a little bit of value. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Um, or whether you're prepared to have them hang around for a, a year or whatever and then write them off. Um, 2025. Sun, Hoybier, Davis, Region, Rodon, Jaffet, Cessignon, Lacelso, Undumbele, and Whiteman. 26. Benton Kerr, Royal, Hill, Saar, Basuma. 27. Romero, Skip, Richarlison, Porro. I think this is 28. I think he's on a five year contract, but that's not confirmed. So that's kind of best sources from the time. But obviously, he was on loan, and that's to be agreed this summer. I believe it's all been agreed. I think and that's if, led the contract to. And if Decky signs, will he be on I, four years, or does the two years include? I I would assume that we've gone for five years on top of that. That would be the type, that would be the same deal we did with Romero when it was one season on loan and then a five year contract. Oh, okay. So I think yeah. mo- most of our contracts we're trying to uh, uh, you know we're trying to put players onto longer contracts. So I, I would expect him to be twenty eight as well. But that's you know don't know. Well, we're at the fun bit now, aren't we? This is the moment. I can hear the sharpening in the background. <laughs> Shall we right. look at the keepers first, chaps? What do you think? Yep. So yeah. if we take all four, Steph, and then we'll just say, so take yeah. them as a group rather than individually. Yeah, yeah. And Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, uh, well, we'll say them again. Uh, Larice, Forster, Austin, Whiteman. Uh, chaps, who stays, who goes? Um, well, I think Loris has indicated he wants to go, isn't he? Mm-hmm. Wants a bit of south of France, a bit of that. Yes, but do you think blaming. he should go? Yes, I do. I think he should Excellent. go. He's, yeah, because he don't deserves... use him as cover. You, you've got to be brutal here. Otherwise, he deserves gonna... to go, um, not because he's been bad, but he's been a long servant. <laughs> so if he wants to swim back off to south of France, who could blame him? Uh, and then Foster can stay. And then Austin and Whiteman do that kind of weird, um, what are they, 24-year-old thing where they're just hanging around as a third choice keeper at a Premier League club. And I'm not quite sure what they're planning to do with their goalkeeping careers. But I think maybe one of them could go. I mean, because if I was two 24-year-olds at our club, I'd be thinking, am I, you know, am I the 24-year-old of choice or is that bloke? So I'd want to know the answer to that and then I'd be off. But it's, it's a small relevance to them hanging around or not. Austin's contract is up next summer if that helps you decide which one you want to get shot off. Shot off now. <laughs> Macheted. Shot off. <laughs> Lined up against the wall. <laughs> um, I think Austin will have to go. I'm you don't need a wall to swing a machete. No. You're keeping um, Whiteman, are you? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's clinical. I'm going to try and follow Milo's lead tonight. Thank you, Hugo. Off you go, mate. It's been wonderful, and it has been. What a fantastic servant he has been. Um, it's a shame that his, you know, his last days with us are not ones that we'll want to remember him for. But he's done fantastic work for us in the past. But enjoy the south of France, big Fraser. Well, be really scared of him actually being our backup goalkeeper and under Ange. To be honest, um, so if I could get some money for him, I wouldn't be uh, averse to it. Um, I would get. Uh, yeah, I mean, look. I mean, I think that all of them. Whiteman is the one that I keep. And I'm probably I'm looking to bring in, you know, obviously a first team goalkeeper and maybe a really good backup. I don't know. Yeah, I don't have too many worries about Forster um, for uh, Postecoglou. I mean, he's he's good on the ball. He's not going to want to come out of his off his line or come out of the area so much. But I think as a backup, he's fine. Um, and we, you know, if we're looking at 150 million, then it's not going to go very far if we need five players in. So um, I, yeah, I probably wouldn't be looking for another keeper. Uh, we certainly don't need four keepers, though. So, I mean, I'd be open for selling both Austin and Whiteman. Um, you know, given their age, um, it's you know, then they barely kicks a ball. It's ludicrous. But 
Um, I don't think we've got anyone in the academy who's ready to step up. You know, we'd feel comfortable being on the bench if um, if our first choice keeper got injured. So, so you're keeping you're keeping Forster and whoever the new goalkeeper is. Uh, well, no, I think we come to a collective decision, Steph. So I think it's majority rules. So I'd, I'd go. I'd, I'd be happy with what you're suggesting. Sell Lloris, keep Forster. Sell Austin, keep Whiteman as a kind of collective decision. I think is yeah. sensible. But well, I, I mean, can go, it, with, but if you've I got can a, go with common sense. And I, you, I mean, I don't dislike got, Fraser that much. If you've got a bid for Whiteman, <laughs> I think whichever one of those two you get a bid for, a decent bid for, you sell, don't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. And I think realistically, we're probably look, talking about a nominal fee or releasing or cancelling Larissa's contract, aren't we? Yeah. I, don't, I mean, I think we've just got to let him go, whatever it yeah. takes. Okay. So <laughs> we, we have agreed that we're going to keep, uh, we're going to keep Forster and one of Austin or Whiteman, depending on who gives you the better value on the, uh, you know, uh, with yeah. the caveat that we've got a first choice keeper coming in. Should we just move on to centre backs? Romero, Dyer, Sanchez, Rodon, Tanganga, and Longley. It's difficult. Well, it's not difficult. Is it? Is it? Is it? No, it's not difficult. It's not really if no, we're being... all going, apart from yeah. Romero. But then basically you're left with one centre-back. So, yeah. you know, I mean, Steph's caveat before that people will be coming in. They will be. Um, I'm happy for Dyer Sanchez. Rodon, I suppose, because, yeah, and Tanganga, um, homegrown, that kind of thing. But I just... I mean, one of them could be a surprise that Ange does, you know, some kind of magic work on and it might happen. But um, I just think... The defence has been so awful. Meant we, you know, shipped sixty something goals last year. So um, that's just league goals, I think. Um, so and I'm not blaming you know any individuals, but collectively it's gone a bit wrong there. Um, the Longley thing is only slightly interesting because I think when he came, we knew he was on big wages at Barca, and they're looking to maybe six million euros, something like that. Someone four million, was saying four million quid. That's the fee I've heard. Yeah. So, you know, and I don't think Longley did much wrong last year beyond what we already know he's not very good at, which is strength work, as in against, you know, he can get a bit physical, uh, out-bullied like physically. But um, on the ball, he's, he's well all right. And I don't know, maybe Ange, that suits Angie's game. Distribution, accurate distribution, precise passing. Um, right it just depends. It depends how the centre-half search goes. So, yeah. Go on, Steph. Uh if we want to reshape this squad and if we want to do it properly, the, you know, the, the, the likes of Clement Longley should not be re-signed under any circumstances because that's just a concession to our past, is my opinion. And I love Eric and I love, I, I love him dearly, but it is time. It's absolutely time. Let him go. <clears throat> Let him find another career uh, that, that, you know, he can enjoy where, you know, just let him, let's let him go. And again, I, I, I love the man. You all know that. Um, I think Rodon, you got to let him go. I think for Jaffet's sake, you have to let him go. If there's one of those players I'm keeping that I think Ange might be able to get a tune of as a reserve, as a reserve, as a backup, uh, along you know, along with obviously Romero as a first choice, it's Sanchez because he's fast, he's got some speed, and I think he's the one centre back still that we might be able to get a tune out of, albeit as a reserve. The rest of them, they have to go. That's if we want to not ship sixty goals next season, and I won't, I won't, I won't state my morons caveat again. But you know what it is. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I broadly agree with that I think Sanchez is uh, the the issue with Sanchez is that Ange likes his players to be able to receive the ball under pressure in tight spaces. Sanchez can't do that. Not um, even when he's not under pressure. No, and <laughs> That's uh, and he also wants you know crisp, short passing attacking passing and Sanchez can't do that either. No, nope, fair um, points. But but of the lot of them, 
if if you're talking yeah, you know, other than Romero, if you're talking about a you know a race from the halfway line back, then he's probably your know, best equipped for that. I think Longley is probably the best equipped for mopping up behind Romero out of the lot of them. Um but um he would be you know quite a way down my list. So yeah, I'd agree. I think um keep keep Romero, sell the rest and bring in three centre backs. It's a shame Sanchez value wise because he's had such a background kind of role in the team now that there's once upon a time being you know South American Iberian team could easily want him and pick him up and he would probably would have because he was still he's still a really or was and still is a decent age and we probably would have been someone that we'd have got some interest in I think and now mm-hmm. due to his last season or so um, I don't know if that's devalued I don't know I mean it's really hard to tell the market. Yeah. Well, so so so, what's the vote? I mean, we, we've basically agreed on the people that are going. Uh, obviously, Romero is staying. I think the only thing we, that I've yet to be clear on between the three of us is: are we going to take a punt and keep Sanchez as no. Uh, you know? No, because he can't. He, he's not Ricky? in possession. Well, I think if you're if you if, if you're saying stuff that you make don't want to make concessions to the past, then I think that's what you'd be doing by keeping Sanchez. To be honest, okay. Great. So and, no, no. I'm I'm happy to be outvoted, and quite frankly, I'd be happy to let them all go and get three new cent- uh, three new centre backs. Uh, trust me, I think that's a bit be... scary, though, isn't it? When they've all gone, and then it's just Romero standing there. Yes, so. but but thank- we thankfully we're not. Thankfully, we're not actually doing it. We're not actually running the transfer committee, so the- <laughs> <laughs> we could be grateful of that, so we can have some fun with it, right? So, uh, and he's Sanchez is meant to be willing to go now. In the past, he's turned down moves, um, and and I've seen I've seen comments from Jaffet's um, agent talking up a move for him recently so he's clearly i mean obviously he was close to a move to ac milan last summer wasn't he yeah it's yeah, such a shame really... for him that didn't happen i agree i agree i mean one thing i'll just add with the center half that's the only shame with things like not having the conference league games because the the kid in the under 18s or whatever is it durrington or donnington yeah durrington, durrington uh sayers is very good as well yeah, yeah. It was looked really like he had some prospect about him so it's just yeah, you know another... you're going to get games out of those kind of people but, probably but no. I think that's another reason for being brave because if we do get an injury and there's a place on the bench it's a good chance for those players you know we can play them in the early yeah. rounds of the league cup if we get a kind draw yeah. this is this is one of the benefits of you know cutting the squad to the bone yeah. And with that, let's go to fullbacks and wingbacks. Perisic, Sessegnon, Royale, Region, Poro, Udoji, Spence, Davies. There's a that's a fair fair list there. We've got twice as many as we need. We've got eight there, and if we're doing two per position, we need four. Colin mm. Milo. Okay. This is a trickier one. So this is a trickier one. I'd keep I'd keep Poro, Udoji, Davis. I would I think oh, Royal I would be willing to sell at the right price, but I'd also be very happy keeping him. And then Spence, if Royal stayed, I would loan Spence. If Royal went, then I'd keep Spence. So selling Perisic, Sessegnon, Region, yeah, and then possibly lo- and then either selling Royal or or, um, or or loaning Spence. Spence is quite well suited to um, the inverted uh, inverted fullback. He comes in field quite well. Him and Udoji are the best suited to. Um, uh, Postacoglu's football, but obviously Spence is a bit of a risk um, having not played top flight football. So, you know, a loan for him wouldn't be bad. He's on a long contract. Um, Royal, you know, was fine towards the end of this last season. I, he's not good enough on the ball to be a long term prospect there, but I'd be quite comfortable having him as, you know, in the squad. He'd be useful to having the squad. But if you've got a decent bid and we want to raise funds to, to improve the squad, uh, I, I think he's one of our most saleable assets. Oh. Yeah, I, I, I am getting rid of Perisic, uh, Sessegnon, Region, and I am also loaning 
Jed Spence, um, just, you know, I, I just don't think we've seen enough of him or given him a chance. But I, I, I really don't think we can take that gamble right now. Um, uh, you know, with new manager, new approach, new style, I think he needs needs the loan. Uh, Royale is, uh, to me, going to become a very, very important member of the squad. And likewise, you know, I, I do think that Porro um, will end up not being part of this core core of players. So, you know, he stays uh, by virtue of the fact I don't think he's going to be a fullback. Uh, for and under Ange, I think he's going to be something else. So, um, so yeah, I think I'm. I think I'm in agreement with you, with you, Milo. You know, save Spence. Albeit, I will say that if an offer came in for Spence, and if I'm told that I can't loan him, that I have to either decide to keep him or sell him, then I would probably sell him. Yeah, I mean, I I, 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 can I just pick up on that Poro point? So I, I do think you're wrong on that. I think um, I no, think it'd be I think it'd be first choice um, right back for us this season, and I think um, that. Uh, Postacoglu will adjust the system so that um, one of the one of the eight sticks and he gets he gets forward. I think he's too good a player not to be playing there. And you know, whilst I think he's an option, you know, Postacoglu wants his um, you know wide forwards to stay wide. You know, Paro would be an option there. I don't. I th- I think he'll play him. At, I think he'll find a way of playing him at fullback. He'll be intriguing to see. I think he's too good a player not to play. So yeah, I think definitely. we both agree that he's going yeah, to be yeah. in the in the side. Let's see where he ends up. Um, yeah. But uh, I was just trying to che- also on the side cheat a little space in this particular category. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. those are the those are the four that. Uh, so Ricky, I think uh, this, these are the trickiest ones. I think these are the ones that are more likely to see whether Ange wants to flex like the system or the formation to try and see the best the best way it suits this kind of. Well, massive group of wing backs we've got. I think yeah, Perisic is off. Sessignon is. Uh, he might like Sessignon, but I think he needs to remember that he's a bit injury prone and mentally, I still have my doubts for Sessignon. Yeah. And I mean, the characteristics I said before regarding what Ange probably wants, which is like someone with a really good engine and a good mindset. I think quite a few of these probably fit into that. Um, I think I'll review Steph with Royale. I think given the kind of time he's had at the club and some of the trauma well I wouldn't say traumas but some of the kind of bad times he's had and the negativity around him I think that undoubtedly shows massive mental strength I think that's massive on his side completely with that and I think technically I don't think he's actually as bad as what my I think the thing is we we see him from a technical point of view when you see him out on that wing trying to do that kind of crossing role and he always just looks a bit clunky in that but sometimes when he's got involved more internally he's been quite clever I know he and and, he's, and the other thing he's got unshakable confidence in his own ability well, he's a he technically excellent defender I mean his yeah. tackling has got really sharp I mean he's really really caught um, out, out, off time of the tackle so. I think all the signs of Poro have been great he's another just absolute live wire got a massive engine he just wants to like and he looks like he 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 believes in himself as well and he's and I can only see an upturn with him. Your doggy hope well, we don't really know much about him, but looking when he plays for Udinese, he's another one of them kind of youngsters that looks to be a powerful player. And Spence could be that. See, this one Spence could be that. I think Davis sticks around because he's always a seven out of ten player. He's still got that flexibility if he needs him to play uh, left centre back, and he can play left wing uh, uh, on from left back as well. So it's really hard with this. I'm not sure. I just probably agree with you. Really, I think. I mean, he might. You never know in training. He might even see Reggie and think that he's a bit of a flyer. You never know. I I can't see. I, I, Reg- think, yeah, I can't on. see. I can't see Reggie in central midfield. So when, no, when no, we're no, thinking no. about this, you know, then I mean, I think this is one of the things in favour of Royal because he's weakest in the final third. He's not going to be asked to go there by 
um, Postacoglu, he he will tuck into into midfield. So he, he's fine at that. And but he does he does fail a bit on that. Um, yeah, receiving the ball in tight spaces and use of the ball. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think you know he's, he's nowhere near the top of my list for sales. Reggion, I just can't see playing in central midfield. Sessignon, I can't see playing in central midfield as we push forwards. Perisic, I can't see playing in central midfield. I agree. I mean, that's what I'm saying. It just depends whether he he's going to be as as solid with the system that he's played at Celtic, and he's going to carry that on to us, and and that may well be his starting point because he's going to think I'm going to carry over what I know from Celtic and see if I can make it work in this league with better players. I mean, obviously he's up against he's up against better players, but um, I mean, and I say your other point on board, Roger, about sellability, uh, Milo. It's about sellability, mate. But, but also, you know, the, the inverted fullbacks is kind of the predominant style from the top teams, you know, in this league. You know, City did do it, Arsenal do it, you know, Man United, oh, sorry, Liverpool adopted it through the season. Yeah. You know, this is, um, it's not just him, it is being used yeah. across the league. So I, I, yeah. I can't see why he wouldn't do it. And he's got, I mean, Davis is probably not the best there either, but he can, he could do it. Mm. Um, it's a shame that Danny Rose isn't still around and at his peak because obviously towards his end he was played in central midfield a few times and he, he yeah. might have been he might have been quite good there. <laughs> yeah, good old Danny Rose. I mean, like when it comes him, to the numbers though, and who we're getting rid of, we obviously have to be aware that you know you do have to rotate at times and there's lesser games and bigger, so just to give people minutes and sometimes someone can just do mm. a job for that week or you know or for half hour or something. And I hope and I mean that's another thing we're hoping we're going to see a lot more of really is mm. which we haven't seen, which is not like last five minute subs and things. Mm. So, okay, so we're agreed, broadly yeah. speaking, aren't we, on what's going on? It's here. hard we're with that agreed. group, though. It is hard so. with that group. Cause, well, know. I think we're agreed. Sessignon, yeah. just to recap, Sessignon. I'll, I'll, I'll do a recap at the end, Steph. So, okay, I think I, I, I've All agreed right. to notice we're good. going along, so we've got that. Great. Okay, good. Uh, well, let's move on to midfield, and I think there's going to be some lively conversation here. Well, I actually, I, I know there's going to be because, uh, well, anyway, let's just get on with it. Hoybier, Bentoncourt, Skip, Winks, Saar, Lacelso, Ndombele, Bissouma, Divine, and Harvey White. Ten players there. We want to cut that down to six. More if we want to start selling players, if we want to bring in anyone. Shall I go? You know go what? I'm going to go. go. You go. I'm going to go. All right. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to tap up all the agents, or all the clubs rather, who came sniffing for Pierre last summer. And I'm going to say he's available. I'm going to get as much money as I can for him. I don't think he's going to suit the system that we've got. And I think he's done, again, noble work for us. He's a really good player, but it's, I think it's just time, time to move on from him. Um, I think, Obviously, well, it's not obvious. Harry Winks has a great attitude and and loves the club, but I just don't see uh, I don't see room for him in what we need. You know, um, Lacelso again, technically a really good player, and 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 you can see where there could be areas he could be very useful for us, but it hasn't shown enough, and I don't think will show enough, and I don't think really wants to show enough for us to to to, to keep him. So I'd be looking to sell him and get that deal done. Um, Divine is really interesting because half of me thinks he could really force his way into the first team squad this coming season. Um, the physicality is probably the only thing that's that, that's hanging over his head. But I, I don't know. He's, he's got that vibe about him. and he's, uh, He could very well force his way in. I'm not so sure. I think Harvey White, I'd probably be looking to sell despite the fact I like him. I think, you know, that's a that's a cold, hard decision we've got to get rid of. Bissouma, I feel, could really benefit. Uh, from this manager and a new system and uh, and ironically might benefit from not having to work alongside Pierre, you know, 
So I, I, I keep him. I think Ollie Skip is, is a keeper for sure. Uh, probably the most controversial thing I will say on this pod is I believe that if Ange sees it in, in, in Ndombele, he will unlock the player that could be transformative for us. Um, and, uh, you know, we've had lots of discussions off pod. I, I do think he could be the six. If he wants to put the work in, I think he would be brilliant at receiving and quickly uh, transitioning that ball. Um, I think he's either, he's one of the best players in our squad at receiving a ball in tight spaces uh, and keeping it. So it really comes down to the player. If that player wants it, I think Ange could unlock it in him. Um, so I, I, I actually would... Uh, I wish I could take a sort of time out and say, can we come back to this after the first two, three weeks of training when he's been evaluated? Um, but I would say maybe for the first, if I've got until the January window, right, we could do all this again. So I will probably keep him in fairness. So out of that, out of that group, I mean, obviously Rodrigo Bentecourt stays. So, you know, we've got Winks, we've got the Celso, we've got uh, White, I suppose. Uh, then I've got to loan one of Divine or Saar. At that point, I'm probably loaning Divine even though I really like him because I think Saar is too important the player not to integrate next season. Um, and, and look, uh, and Hoybier I'm selling. So I if think you, that gets me to the number, does it? If you've got a, a bid for um, Ndombele for 20 million, 10 million, 10 million, would you take it? Uh, I wouldn't take 10 million for him until January, until I'd seen whether he can turn it around because I actually still think there's a 60, 70 million player in there. I just think he's he's that good that, and I've never seen him work with a manager that I feel could unlock him. I always felt Poch could unlock him, obviously signed him. I always felt Harry Redknapp type could unlock him. And I see Ange somewhere in the middle, even though Ange is not a man, you know, he's not a player's manager, so to speak, but he feels to me like the sort of guy, maybe a bit like Sean Dyke, who like, you know, he can get a player on the side and he can get you to believe and he can get you to want to be part of it. And I just would love to see if he can do it because by God, there's a footballer in that guy. Um, well, I might as well start at that point. I think I'm in the opposite corner to you, Steph, with Ndembele. <laughs> no, I'm, no, no, it's I great. Think, Absolutely. Because I, I think like he's had the managers here, and I know you could say that maybe Jose or Conte, if you don't quite, you know, if, if, if you're not, in their eyes, if you're not kind of like pulling your weight or, or, or got the mentality that they want you to have, then you're going to be frozen out anyway. But the other thing is we've loaned him like back to Leon. We've loaned him to Napoli. And all, I don't know who's running Leon at that point. Uh, and Spalletti is running Napoli, and he's had bit parts of all those things. So I don't know if you... I mean, I've got a feeling, judging by when we've seen him when he's been at our club and when he was on the um, documentary, he's quite a shy lad, isn't he? He's not like, you know, he's very much like look down at the ground kind of person, isn't he? He doesn't want to. And I'm not quite sure whether he then might need a network of other French guys in the squad or might help him. Because Loris was here. I mean, we had a few. I mean, Loris, you know... Yeah, he really suffered with Sissoko going, didn't he? That was really... Sissoko that, went, was, that, was re- that was really... Um, he lost both of his best mates, didn't he? Because uh, it was a feature of all Aurier. or nothing, wasn't it? I think it was Aurier, Aurier wasn't it? It was yeah, Aurier yeah, and, was, and Sissoko yeah. was his was his support network, and they they were both sold by Mourinho. But I just think that there is a, undoubtedly a massively talented player in there. But I think as well that the way he came up in football hasn't really done him any favours. Really, I think. I think yeah, he's, I'll, he's, I'll, I'll come back to it at the end. I mean, I do want to have a chat about it, but let's. I'll let you both say your piece first. But I a little more to um, add. So if if like like Milo said, if the money comes in for him, I think that um, I'd I'd want him to go because I just I think he could be another one of those legacy players where it just feels like oh we've given him another chance and then he's hanging around and then we're not getting anything for. It. I think we just need to cut our losses. Well, it's going to be a loss, isn't it, with him and probably Ditto Lascelles. I did like quite like Lascelles at one point, but um, I think maybe for the Premier League. 
is not his greatest kind of destination, but Villa fancy him, so if and Villa probably have some money, so I think if that gets tied up, that'll be a great thing for us because that's Although bound to be. They picked up Tielemans on a free, haven't they? On this free, week, okay, so yeah, that okay. might. Might, yeah, might I'm not sure what their that. other numbers are in their midfield. I mean, um, so it depends how many people they need. But um, yeah, apart from that, I, go, I agree with Hoybier. I think because I think looking at the list there, he's 27 and he's got two years left on his contract. So if he's going to go, it makes sense for it to be this summer. Otherwise, he's got a year left the year after. Then we're looking at giving him a new contract and we might not want to do that. Um, but I think just the usual faces, really. I think Bentacore, 100%. Um, I'm, I'd keep skipping Saar because I'm also interested to see what Ange can do with the young players and I think there are another two players that are listeners I think Skip's definitely I'm not, I know he tailed off a bit last season but I think there's no there's no doubt in how much he focuses and his commitment um, so who we left Wink's probably got to go I think who else is there Basuma you haven't covered you haven't covered Divine oh, or Basuma White. I think is going to be an absolute baller with this manager I think mm-hmm. he is the one that's going to really benefit that's my my kind of um, stance on Basuma I think he's, and I'd probably say Divine he's 18 so he's got plenty of years and because we haven't got the um, European games to give him a thing I think maybe a loan does make sense this year I'm not quite sure what level maybe we need to try and get him into the championship maybe if we can get a team that's definitely looking like they're slacking in that position and he's going to get and we can guarantee him quite a bit of game time so yeah I'm pretty much um, Harvey White uh, I don't know what to do with Harvey White he keeps chugging along in the background there and as you say he's, he's how, how old's Ch- Harvey 21, White 21 21 so he's almost at the Carl Walker-Peter stage where he's going to have to make a decision mm. with his career I think so um, you know he can't hang around with us for too long um, so yeah, and maybe we're adding a midfielder to that as a transfer, possibly. Okay. So, so interesting. I think it's the four, t- the two youngsters, and then Basuma mm. and Bentacore, who actually aren't that old either, really. To be honest. Mm. Interesting. So I was having a look at the kind of number of minutes played by our loanees. So Ndebele played one thousand two hundred sixty-one minutes last season, over forty appearances, which works out about an average of thirty minutes a game. Lacelso, who was injured for the first half of the season, got. 14, so 1,405 minutes. Um, Winks, who didn't start playing until Christmas, got 1,719 minutes, so 1,719. Wow. Um, yeah, Joe Rodon, who had a stop-starty time at Wren, got uh, 1,958 minutes. Um, so, yeah. Um, so I think I broadly agree with you, um, Ricky. I mean, I- I'd like to bring in two midfielders. I'd like to bring in a six and an eight. Um, I would sell Hoybier. Um, I think I think he could do a job as an eight, um, but he's saleable, and we I want to bring in funds. Uh, definitely keep Benton Kerr, um, but we're not going to see him for the first probably first couple That's of months true. of the season. So that probably so that for that reason I would be keeping Skip. I'm not sure that Skip is very Ange friendly, um, but he could do a job as an eight or a six. So he's you know I think Benton Kerr Skip. Basuma could do either role, or, although all are probably better suited to eight. Um, but maybe Skip would be a sale in January if once if Benton comes back and he's okay. Winks, I'd definitely sell. Saar, I would keep for the moment, but I would be willing to... If we didn't sell Skip and Benton comes back and we brought in two other midfielders, then maybe you look to loan him out in the second half of the season. Sell or sell, so I would sell Enderbele. I I've seen some people talk about Enderbele as an eight. I can't see him pressing. Uh, uh, being part of an effective press um, of the two roles I agree with you Steph I prefer him as a six but I, I worry about his reading of the game um, he's definitely better you know, playing out from the back I think he'd be fine definitely great 
picking the ball under, uh, picking up the ball under pressure, receiving it in tight spaces under pressure. Great. Yeah, playing through the lines, really useful. I worry about him reading the game in front of him from that position. Uh, Basuma definitely keep. Divine, I would loan out. Um, he he missed out on a loan last season because he picked up a hamstring at the end of the summer. He's not played enough games. Um, I think he could be great in uh, as an eight for us in this system. Um, but I'd like us, I'd like him to get a full season, you know, starting every week uh, to do that. And I think this is this is one of the advantages we've got of not having European football. Um, because, you know, I'd like him to be back in the squad for our kind of our return to the Champions League the season after next and uh, and him being an option as an eight. Um, White, I think I think we've got to sell him. Um, you know, he could do a job as a six, um, but he hasn't played enough football and he's getting on a bit and some of the younger kids coming through are better. So I think I think we sell him for his own good. Did we did we keep Devine as well just making club trained or something as well? Was that... that was a byproduct of that, but okay. it's it's silly really because you don't have to do consecutive you don't have to do consecutive seasons for that. So we could have loaned him out. He could have come back. You just got to do, okay. you got to play you got to play three seasons before you're 21 to qualify as club oh, trained. So, I mean... so so he he could have been loaned out this season. He he mm. he picked up a hamstring injury in, at the end of the at the very end of the window, and we were meant to be willing to loan him out. So that's that's the reality of it. So and I think come January. We decided we might as well just see the season out and then he, he qualifies. So, yeah, I'd definitely be loaning him out. I, I mean, I think, look, this is not, this is just a sidestep. I think that one of the biggest uh, and, and most positive things about um, Pastor Coglu's words so far, and there have been plenty of positive things that he said, uh, is his commitment to actually, you know, making sure that the youth system is working properly. And that, you know, this is such an important thing because we have blown and bungled so many young careers in the last four or five years. And it kind of flies in the face of everything, you know, Levy's wanted to have, you know, a, a, not a production line, but, you know, to develop young players and hope he sells them. And we've just absolutely stranded several. Uh, and and mm. so I'm really excited by the prospect that this squad refresh and, and squad reshape also includes actually getting these players really good loans and, you know, and other future youngsters coming up, you know, be really important, isn't it? So let's hope that that positivity, uh, you know, happens for Divine and for why that they get the loans they deserve. I think I think I think we're all agreed and you'll be summing it up anyway at the mm-hmm. end. So I'm just going to move on to forwards. I mean thankfully this is quite simple I think. Sell, 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 sell. Or sell. is it simple? <laughs> or is it simple? All right, we got Sonny Kulisewski, Richarlison, Hill, Danjuma and uh and oh, so, yeah, that uh, that the cash fella. cow. The cash cow. Uh well you've already started, haven't you? So I, go on. Okay. Yeah, you've already started. You've already been waving. I can see you running around, waving it around your head like you're ready to scalp someone. Um, Come on. I would, wouldn't would keep Dan Juma. Um, That's, that's controversial, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I quite like him as a player, but three yeah, three managers last season didn't. So um, although I did like the photo of him, he climbed Mount Fuji this week and posted a photo of him doing his goal celebration from the top of it, which, yeah, um, yeah he did, yeah, which I think is pretty cool. Yeah it's, yeah, it's up there with Eric Dyer's um, beekeeping. No, was it? It was it Atlas Mountains. He he climbed, oh, wasn't it? it? Oh, that's right. Yeah. So yeah, um, Sun keep Decky keep Richarlison. I think is made for um, Postacoglu pressing from the front. I think he's he's made for this system. Was certainly as a number nine. Uh, Brian Hill. I think is potentially is the surprise package here. I think he played either wide position. I think potentially he could be an eight as well for Postacoglu. 
And I think Decky potentially could be an eight as well as playing on the left for Postacoglu. So it gives us some flexibility. Um, Kane, I think Postacoglu, I don't think he's a natural fit for Postacoglu or certainly how Postacoglu played at Celtic, but he's so good. You'd, f- you'd find a way of playing him and, and he'd be great because he's great. Um, but I would be tempted if we got a hundred million pound bid from Real Madrid and Kane was willing to go. I think I'd be willing to listen and I'd be willing to you know, take that money and use that to reinvest uh, because I'd rather send him to Madrid for 100 million than lose him to a Premier League rival for nothing next summer. But obviously him staying would be great. I mean, is there anything more that we need to add to this, Ricky? Well, he's, sort, he's sort of gone in large and, and, and sort of um, summed it up, I mean, he's done he a good, um, yeah, yeah. I'll probably agree with everything he says um, <laughs> from Dan Juma along the other four players until we get to Kane. And I'd, oh, this is just another such tough one, isn't it? It's just, I think, I, I think because we're in that kind of transition and we've got a new man who's stepping up to, well, the biggest club he's ever managed, let's face it, um, it just... It just helps him to have that one mm-hmm. kind of superstar in the team, I think. And I just, I mean, the risk is obviously we do lose him to what we don't want to lose him to, which is another Premier League team, because it almost just delays them, them maybe potentially being superior to us because they've got Kane. Um, and also we swallow the hit on the money. But I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm going to roll the dice, I think, and just think that I'd rather him stay and roll the dice that we, we are satisfying. Our ambitions are satisfying him come the end of next season. You know, but it looks like we're on the upgrade and he gets um, a little bit kind of gets the old romance for Tottenham. It's well and truly there. Hopefully, I, I, fingers crossed. <laughs> I, I think that he, and, and we were talking about this earlier, we were talking about this off record. I mean, he's a player who is, you know, developing into, you know, one of the most fantastic you know, number 10 slash, you know, playmakers, if you want. He can do whatever he wants. He can play wherever he wants. I completely agree with Milo and and, and you. I mean, you know, he's obviously not a pressing striker anymore. Having said that, he's going to have a good few less games next season. So as you said off record, Ricky... If we're going to play with a more rotative system, if we're going to rotate with a Charleston, maybe he can play and press for 45 minutes or 50 minutes a game. I don't know. But either way, my prime thought is to keep him. And I think that it would be the thought of everyone. I think what's fascinating is that the manager we're bringing in versus, you know, the forwards that we do have, if we were in a position where a sale would keep things you know, maybe pleasant with him and pleasant with us, i.e. not within the UK. I, 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 I'm, I, I'm sort of with Milo. I, I think we could, I think we'd be, I think we'd be okay. But we all agree I think that, that this is a season, well, we'd be okay. I'm not saying it'd be spectacular, but we all agree that he is the player to help bring the Ange revolution forward. He's the transition because he's that good. He's going to buy him, he's going to buy him some extra time with his goals, yeah. right? There's no doubt. And Can I ask you a question? Yeah. So you turned down 100 million from Real Madrid this summer and Kane would have gone there, hypothetically. Mm-hmm. And then in January, he signs a pre-contract with Chelsea. How do you feel about that? I feel that I can only control the moment I can control. And I feel that maybe in that six months, he's helped bed in the players around him. He's helped bed in the system. You know, he, he's maybe he's done That's more it. for us. How much would we have lost if we, if we, if we sell him, uh, you know, in terms of the, the, the respect of the club, what people, th- well, not the respect of the club, but the, the reputation of the club, the fans think, sponsors. I mean, who knows? Who knows? 
if you he's know, su- if, he's if such he's a draw. I mean, he's already launching the kit. He's the front. He's the face of the kit. Now, admittedly, you can't put any stock in these because in these things because Gareth Bale was on the corner of Times Square, which was the moment I was convinced that he was staying. And then three weeks later, he'd forced his way to, to ironically, Real Madrid. Um, I wouldn't feel great. <laughs> I mean, you know. I, think, I mean, the one thing—the one thing that makes me think that your your question is is is, pure, is hypothetical, even beyond the reality of hypothesis, if you can make sense of that <laughs> uh, nonsensical sentence, is that I don't see Harry Kane wanting to go to, to to wanting to move to Real Madrid. I think he, you know, would like the trophies, but I just don't know I if think, he wants to make that move. So. I mean, I agree. I think that's probably the case. As I think we said we said before the pod as well. It just depends on whether there's an arrangement where if. If certain clubs that we don't mind him joining come in with a bed, we then tell Kane, and whether then it's Kane's decision. And I think if it was Kane's decision, decision, I think he would. I don't think he, as you say, I, I don't think he wants to go abroad really. But, in that. but if he signs a pre-contract with Chelsea, I'm going to get the sheepskin roller out, and I'm going to go up to that mural, and I'm going to get. You won't have to. Three hundred liters of paint, and you'll be chased. You'll be beaten to it. But I mean, it is. A, it's, a, it's a great question that you ask, and you actually have once again isolated a slight tangent tangent of this whole discussion about Harry Kane which is you know we can beat Daniel Levy up all we want you know or people can whoever but ultimately as a it makes sound business to take the money if it's on offer and if Harry will go and if it's not to a rival so you're absolutely right and equally if he turns it down and then Harry does what you're saying he's going to get absolutely slated for being a moron for not having taken the money so it's a really it's a no-win situation for him and we do have to consider that like Milo says that that he'd be agreeing to something like that in January so where his mind would be for that last four or five months of the season is another thing we're competing you know, with Chelsea for fourth place or something like that, and we've got to play them in the run-in, and he's signed a pre-contract with them. Mm. That'd be horrific, wouldn't it? It yes, would, but I mean, I think it's a really interesting question because it isolates, once again, the realities of football versus being a fan and, and voting with your heart. And I, I, you mean, know. I, I mean, I think probably one of the key things here is that if we'd had a better season, it would probably be easier for Levy to sell him now. Mm. But because of the mood music around the club and because of the yeah. kind of the, you know, the fracture between, you know, certainly sections of the fan base, I think, I think actually the, um, the appointment of Postacoglu, um, has calmed a lot of that. I think, I think, um, I think a lot of fans have warmed to Postacoglu very quickly. Um, and, but I think, you know, because last season was so difficult, I think it's quite difficult for Levy to, to, to sell him. Yeah. Uh, I think the only way the only way it could happen is if Postacoglu came out and said, I wanted this sale because I wanted to rebuild the team and I wanted to reshape it. But that's asking a lot of a, a manager who, you know, is unknown Bay. to a lot of pe- a lot of people in um in this country until, until very, very recently. And, barely out of the starting blocks, you know, and, and, and my, you know, obviously I'm, I'm gauging this on online fans, which is a subsection of, of the, uh, you know, of yeah. fans as a whole. And I think kind of awareness of Postacoglu amongst non-online fans would be, would be lower than online fans, I would have thought. I mean, an interesting point to this and an interesting sidebar is that, you know, Postacoglu doesn't sound like the sort of bloke who fucks about. It sounds like he's very straightforward. What he wants and what he did, what he what he expects. Please buy in, and if you're not going to buy in, on your bike nicely, like you know. And what if he comes across a Harry Kane who he feels is distracted? And, what I if mean, he comes? Think, across, and the, you know, it's yeah, possible. I mean, you've got to bear in mind at Celtic, uh, one of the first things he did there was sell um, Edouard to Palace, yeah. who was his top scorer. Yeah. So it's not as if he hasn't done this elsewhere. Yeah. Um, 
you know, it would he, be it would certainly be a statement. Imagine if he did turn around and say, "Well, you know, I'm not doing anybody's dirty work here. I actually think it's time." Imagine if he did that. Yeah, I mean, well, you know, if he, unbelievable. If but he, he would said, be ballsy, wouldn't it? If he but said, "I want," if he said, "I want to play the team to play as a unit, and I want the team to be hard pressing, and I don't think you know." It, the money was too good to turn down. I could get five players for that amount of money and my squad is better as a result of it. I mean, it'd be, I mean, I think that all of that could be true. I mean, that, yeah, but the risk of that being true is he could say that's how I want to play, but that would only be on the basis that we've actually got a bid for Kane because Kane might say, of course. I don't want <laughs> to go. You know what I mean? So what are you, then, but, what are you then going to do? And then as soon as you're saying, well, I don't want you, then his price but, but falls that, through the floor a bit, doesn't but, it? Because, but that would... You know, in that situation, that only happens if there's a bid that we accept and Kane is willing to yeah. go to that club. So yeah, in that yeah. scenario, Real Madrid offer what we what we want. Yeah, yeah, Kane is willing so that, to go there. And, leads on and, to what Ange says, yeah. Because and, 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 Agent Milo has convinced him that actually it's no different flying from Madrid to London, even better than it is bombing up and down via the Nutsford services to London. <laughs> <laughs> and that you can still live like you're in suburban Chingford or where the bloody hell he is. Uh, you, can, you can make Madrid like Chingford if you want. <laughs> or whatever he is, I'm not. So what are we? What I suppose we're all basically finding ways to justify whatever happens with Harry Kane in this last year, basically because Harry Kane really does have the. the, the he's got the player's I, hand here, isn't he? I, I'm I'm sell for stupid money if everyone's on board, basically. Yeah. And and it's to a club abroad, yeah. Yeah, 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 not domestically, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I suppose it's hard to not agree with that. I think I'm cautiously. I, I, my, my heart says no because I believe, of course, that Angie's going to lead us to glory, and that Harry's going to be so in love with it all by by next, but by, by January that he's going to commit to a three year contract, and that we're going to, you know, win everything together. But uh, your your situation, your scenario, Milo is probably a lot more realistic <laughs> that he will actually just. I mean, that's if Potch wants him still, but I mean, who wouldn't want him? Who wouldn't want Harry Kane? You know, that's I think possibly problem. Kane could go on a um, like if he if if he stays for this last year's contract and then he thinks things look better next year. There's no reason he couldn't say, "Look, I'll just sign for one more year," and then basically, you know, he sees again the year after whether we're still going in that direction. Because obviously, the, the last the thing he's scared of is having his hands tied by Levy again, isn't it? That's obviously what he's petrified of, and he doesn't want or that. By situation. his or by his own brother. Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's always possible that he takes the Stephen Carr route, goes to Newcastle, just as everything fucks up at Newcastle and uh, doesn't win anything there. Yeah. Uh, Sadly, that might be the option I'd enjoy the most, but I, 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 I wish him no ill will. I, okay, I'm, I, will, I think I'm outvoted anyway when it comes to Kane, uh, and I'm going to stick with my vote. As irrational I mean, as it is, I'm going to stick I think, with it. I think with this, Steph, if it's sell for stupid money to a club abroad if everyone's on board with it. The chances of it happening is very slim. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, so, yeah but, I, but I, there's two. To, I, it's already two to one. I'm going to register with keeping him, but with the caveat that, I mean, it doesn't matter, I'm outvoted, but with the caveat that I, I really think, I mean, I think you made a very, very good point. And I think it's a very important point for listeners as well, for, for everyone listening. You know, nobody's going to have a winning hand, whatever happens with Harry, especially not the chairman. I mean, he ain't going to win mm-hmm. whichever way you look at it. Because if he picks Uncle Steph's path to glory and then fucking gives up a hundred million, if that was the hypothesis, yeah, yeah. And mm-hmm. then he's going to be caned, if you'll pardon yeah. the pun. So anyway. So if, so if Kane stays, though, and we keep them five and Danjuma goes, we don't really need anyone else in the forward line. Imagine with Ange and then you bring Madison in. Oh my. Anyway, we're, we're going ahead. I'm dreaming. Let's not dream. Um, Why don't you give Madison, us what's happened? So Madison is another one who could be an eight or could be 
play yeah, in the forwards well, as well. So, yeah, so I think right. you know if you if you've got Hill in that position, you've got Decky in that position. You've got actually quite a nice bit of flexibility there. Yeah. Um, okay, so let me just run through what we've got. So, believe it or not, we've managed to sell or not take up the kind of deal on sixteen players. Yes, we've got two Mentality. loan. We've got potentially two loans out. So we've got Spence and Devine, Um and we've got sell Kane abroad if we get a stupid bid and everyone's on board with it. So potentially we have actually sold 17 players um, and loaned out two. Are you um, satisfied? Well, let's have a look at this squad. So we're, well, we've got a bit of work to do as well, bringing players in based on this, but we're keeping Forster and Whiteman. We want another keeper. We're keeping Romero. We want three centre-backs. We're keeping Royal, Porro, Udoji and Davis. I don't think we need any full-backs, do we? I think we're happy with that. Yeah. We're keeping Benton Kerr, Skip, Saar, Basuma probably needs we means we need to bring in two midfielders, and realistically, we're keeping Kane, Son, Decky, Richarlison, and Hill. So we do, we don't need I, a forward <coughs> unless un, I, unless we've I, got yeah. I'd like another right back because I still don't believe Pedro's going to be one. But that's just me. Well, that's not in which I'm, case. I'm not in which case, those. in which case, you keep Spence. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's okay. I mean, you could you could keep yeah. Spence and loan him out in January yeah. if it doesn't work out. See, really, go. beyond having, I suppose the central centre half thing is just massive, and it's just that midfield kind of either various midfielders to replace, yeah. um, you know, the Madison type midfielder or another six or an eight. It's just, I oh, think there it's, we are. It's not too bad. Yeah. I don't think. Good. Well, we've got there. We got there in the end, uh, th- despite being sidetracked a couple of times by uh, a couple of bizarre um, opinions, uh, which I think actually were probably mine, <laughs> especially when it came to Tongi. Yeah, really uh, I understand. But good. No, 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 it's good. But uh, what I did like was, and what I found really interesting is that for the most part, I'd say a good 14 of those moves we all agreed on unequivocally. There was not even a question or a hesitation. So that goes to reflect actually on how much work there is to be done, uh, how obvious that work is, um, how it obviously should have been done by now (laughs) in many cases, and how we can look forward to it hopefully being done in the coming months. So just good. Just as a briefly, so one, four, so six players, six players, six players coming in thinking with 150. Yeah, so 100 million budget, say, plus sales. Does that feel about right? I think it's probably doable, isn't it? I think it is. Yeah. I but- mean, the problem, I think the main problem is the centre-halves are going to have to be quite spot on. In other words, we're going to need to like yes. know that they're starters yeah. and probably going to hit the ground running. I- and I do think it's difficult signing three like that because whoever's yeah. so the right centre back is no is going to know they're playing behind yeah. um, Romero. That makes it a difficult signing. You probably want a kid with with potential, don't you? Um, I think at left centre back. I think again, I think you probably want a kid and someone with a bit of experience. Um, yeah. Because I don't think you're going to be able to sign. Yeah, I mean, and, if we if we get into the concessionary details, I mean, then that's when you start looking at the selections again and thinking, well, could yeah. we get away with him if we only got money for one of two? But let's face it, if we are reshaping the squad, let's stick to this uh, this projection yeah. and say that it needs to be yeah. done. We need to fucking get on with it and do it properly as opposed to fudging around a bit here and there and let's do it. I think looking at Daniel? the squad overall, over, overall there, I think it's it's clear that we're kind of wanting to shift the last of all the bad buys, like the whole kind of Endembele La Celsa era, and then the recent ones that <coughs> are reasonably good. That oh yeah, part, <laughs> that's different. And I think that uh, probably like you're saying point. about 
I think that's what you were saying earlier as well, Steph, about the youth setup is that we're kind of filtering out all the under 21s. So hopefully Mm. the new buyers we've had recently in the first team match the under 17s and under 18s. And that's our kind of new growth period. And if that, if that meshes well with Angie's outlook, then, you know, he doesn't, you know, he wants to align that and he wants to bring those players in because we've got a few first team youngsters that have got bags of promise, really. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, we certainly do. Well, so chaps, so. Uh, probably time to move. Uh, thank you, uh, but probably yeah. time to or thank us all. We should all thank ourselves. We should thank each other in a big thank <laughs> you circle. Thank you, thank you, thank <laughs> you for that marathon uh, squad review. But uh, let's go to the week that was, shall we? Um, have a quick look. Uh, the kit launch. We revealed our home kit for the 23-24 season this week. And we'll be playing in all white in the Premier League for the first time in 11 years. 2012-2013 uh, was the last time. The shirts have a dark blue trim on the sleeves uh, and uh, sort of a, a little pattern kind of thing going on. And the actual body of the shirt, including chevrons. We've noticed chevrons and a couple of other little accents and bits. Very, very subtle, though. If you've got bad vision or are from a distance, you won't really notice. Uh, and our keepers will be, will be wearing a sky blue shirt. Chaps, um, you've seen the kits, I assume. Uh, what do you think um yeah i'm all up for the kit i think it looks great it's a bit of a kind of all, all white classic um i don't know when the other kits are coming out i thought maybe maybe the, maybe the second or third kit we could do a nice yellow shirt maybe a gold shirt with some green trim maybe you know to keep um and <laughs> happy yeah. it's one's gray isn't it and the other yeah. ones the other one's yeah. a dark blue oh is it yeah. you already yeah. know yeah, oh. it's kind of dark yeah, blue purple. Right that's what the leaks say it's got a collar on it, which is kind of right. strange. Yeah, it doesn't... It's got that yeah, iridescent crescent, iridescent yeah. crest. Mm. Training yeah, kit like coming it. out at the end of the month. Yeah. And I, yeah, overpriced yeah. gym overpriced, uh, priced gym gear, isn't it? It's fine, yeah. Seth's got yeah, one. Uh, Don't be horrible. Well, you'll be, you'll, you'll be, you'll both be immensely surprised to know that I, I toddled up to the the lane earlier today and uh, uh, I'm actually also in, you know, in one fell. <laughs> yeah, if only, yeah, that would be, that would actually, you'd lock me up if that was the case, wouldn't you? If I'd flown over <laughs> yeah, just to loyalty. buy the new shirt. I mean, not that some don't want to lock me up already as it is, but that would certainly give you certifiable cause. I mean, um, but yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's convenient because you were doing your Levy in protest outside the club shop anyway that day so it was you only had to wander across the road and yeah 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 but uh so no so well yeah i gave daniel uh i gave dan and by the way um I'd, I'd like to note this is very important for all of us who have paid increased membership fees um uh your 20 my 20 quid yeah, discount yeah, yeah. counted it counted immediately towards the shirt and for those of you who have it find the email that was sent yeah. with the code in it and save that email it's the most efficient way because if you try and look for it in the app, it's next to impossible. Yeah. So so save that email and it does work. There's a QR yeah. code. It's great. 20 quid. I noticed it. that I the thought... other day. And I think it's mm. one of the things the trust asked the, cl- the club about because people were moaning Good. that they couldn't use that that I, that voucher they get every year, like I, actually in the club yeah. shop. You could do it online, but you couldn't do it in the club shop. So yeah. they maybe only just actioned that. But I noticed, as you say, Steph, I noticed that on an email. There was a QR code saying... I, I preloaded my um, discount on uh, Spurs play for next season earlier this week as well. There's a there's a code in the email for that as well. Oh, okay. And if, if, you, yeah. if you go to subscriptions, there's a bit where you can put the voucher. It looks like you're doing it against last year's fee, but you can load it there and then it says it will apply it when the money comes out in early July. 
Yeah, it's great. So actually, it's really interesting you said that, Ricky, and it's really good if that's the trust, because it did look in the bump that came with the email, it looked like they presented this as another, you know, voucher that you can spend online. It doesn't cover postage and packing. And then there was an add on at the end that said, here's a QR code for the club shop. So what you're saying makes sense. Uh, yeah. that it must have been something that was trust generated in which case good work good work on the trust part good for the club and uh, I got my 20 quid off and uh, promptly turned around and spent it replacing uh, Harry Kane when we sent him to Madrid because I rather pathetically got a number 10 with my name above it in Spurs lettering uh, yeah it had to be done yeah you're not the first person to shake your head like that but you know you only live once and if you live once and do things like that it's probably a good thing isn't it <laughs> twice doing that sort of juvenile stuff do you want to like cut an end to this tomfoolery uh milo and get into the next item yeah so as the gold and the athletic reported on sunday that ryan mason spoke to Ange on friday that the two were impressed with each other and that poster Coglu has offered ryan a place on his coaching team which mason looks likely to take up what do you think guys it's a good move yep I think that I think maybe Ryan has been a little bit in the spotlight and maybe he's um you know he thought that his time for management was upon him but I don't think he's done I mean he's done okay for us but I mean the results aren't but he's he's got talent and he's got a future in the game but I don't think his results have been particularly good in either of the two spells he's had with us I'm not knocking it they've just been kind of average but I think um he might have thought that this was the time because of that because his name's a bit more in the in the media and that thing. But I think, was he 31? Yeah. I think he's 31, isn't he? So no rush, Ryan. I think this man might be, you know, he's a big old experienced head on his shoulders, Ange. So I think there might be some worthwhile lessons to learn from this chap. And I think we offered him a role because I'm always a bit thinking that um, Daniel likes a bit of eyes and ears within the camp because <laughs> that seems to have happened with the other managers. <laughs> so that's my, with my tinfoil hat on, that he likes that. I think it's a good move as long as it's based on Ryan's talent and not necessarily the fact that he's got continuity because that's the easy that's the easy rap, isn't it? It's mm. the continuity factor. He's friends with Harry, so on and so forth. And I think it's important that that is not the driving force here. I don't believe it would be if Postacoglu has offered him a job. I believe it's because he believes in his talent. I think Ryan is talented. And so on that basis, I'm like, great, let's let's carry on. Wonderful. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I'm sure it's not. I mean, Postacoglu you know, likes freshening up his coaching team you know with Celtic he didn't didn't bring any coaches with him and he, he you know he brought people you know found people there um I think and you know also with Mason you know Mason turned down a chance to be on Nuno's coaching team after mm-hmm. working with Mourinho he he opted out of working with Nuno because he didn't fancy you know didn't fancy it presumably because he didn't think mm-hmm. didn't rate him um and then came back with Conte so you know, I think that's quite telling as well that he clearly thinks that Postacoglu is someone he can learn off. And I think that's true. I th- the other thing that occurred to me is Postacoglu is a, a manager who keeps himself distant, intentionally keeps himself distant from his players. Mm-hmm. He doesn't really talk to them much. And yeah. he, he thinks that helps him be objective about decisions around, you know, team selection and, and all that kind of stuff. And I think that probably means that the, well, it almost certainly means that the coaches have got a very uh, key role in uh, relating to the squad. And mm-hmm. Mason, you know, being closer to the squad is going to be useful from that point point of view because um, you know he can he can he he'll be able to you know interact with them when Postecoglou you know isn't going to do that. Um, yeah. I think I think quite a few people have made a kind of false assumption about Postecoglou because he comes across as being quite jolly, um, yeah. you know. And but he, I think there's a, an interview I listened to him last week where he said if you talk to any of my players. Um, any any time they'll right. tell you that I none of them have spent more than a minute talking to me one to one in the time yeah, they, no, they played for me. So, um, I've, I've yeah, been reading that. It'd yeah. be it'd be interesting to see what role Ryan has because um, obviously there seems to be three or 
two or three people coming from Celtic, mm. which is interesting in itself because, as you say, Milo, I think Ange has walked into these places just with on his lonesome, isn't he? Just with his rucksack on his back into a lot of these jobs. And but maybe he's thinking. I mean, realistically, we're probably a top 20 job in world football, aren't we? So maybe he's thinking, I need to bring some people with me this time because, and maybe that's a smart move because he needs a few people yeah. he knows around him. I think what this we'll time. probably see with him is if he's here, here a few years, we'll see a bit of churn and we'll see some of those coaches move on and do their own thing. Maybe that's what Mason will do next summer. You know, next summer he'll do yeah. a year here and then maybe move on. We might see some of the others come in and change. I think, um, you know, Poscoglu clearly likes to, freshen things up and and have some different voices around and different ideas around which is which is great but to come into a club like Celtic just on your own shows a massive self-belief doesn't it in yeah. your kind of own systems and your plans there's, there's a really interesting interview with um Harry Keel that I listened to where Keel say um Postacoglu he was he was Keel was managing a, at uh, Barnet and yeah. Postacoglu approached him about joining him at Celtic and Harry Keel said that although the the way they play is really really complex and um you know very uh you know very intricate very detailed in how they do it he said that within three days of working with uh Postacoglu, he un- understood completely what he wanted and what he needed he said that was down to you know kind of clarity with the way he expressed himself yeah. Yeah. um so really interesting I mean, another key bit of that interview that I remember, and um, I, I think it was the Australian national side, I think when he came into the Australian side, didn't he take Harry Kuehl aside and he said, look, great player, thanks very much, but I'm not going to be using you. Yeah. So, yeah, he took him you know, to no offence, I wanted to let you know one-on-one and, yeah. uh, and you know, be very, very clear. And the Harry Kuehl said he actually really appreciated the clarity. And so he was actually really surprised to get the call, yeah. as I remember he said in that That's interview. Right. But it gives you an idea, again, uh, as you were saying, um, Milo, a little more of how um, Postacoglu works with the players. So mm-hmm. anyway. Anyway, David Rea, uh, Fabrizio Romano tweeted on Sunday that we are close to agreeing personal terms with David Rea on a long-term contract, but we are still to agree a fee with Brentford who are looking for 40 million big ones. Do you like Rea, chaps? Would he be a decent signing? Yes, yes, but 40 million feels a bit toppy. Yeah, I think I'll probably agree with that. Um, hopefully, uh, I think we said in our other chat, in, in our WhatsApp chat, I think, a chat, if there's other people like Chelsea and Manu interested, I think that they would have, being that he's guaranteed available, because obviously they've already got a replacement, um, I think they would have snapped him up, being probably less concerned about the fee than what we would be. So we could be gazumped, but maybe they would have already made their move. So I don't know. I, but it'd be, a, it'd be a good show of the magic word ambition. If we um, got him over the line, yeah, I say I say we get this done. I mean, this is probably why I'm not in charge of a football club or even in charge of a football club's uh, purse strings because I would say get it done. Uh, I wouldn't be getting into too much haggling. If Brentford say forty, I might say, would you take thirty-five? If Brentford say no, I'd probably be tempted to say, okay, let's get on with it. Let's do this. That's not a a negotiation. That sounds like a Brexit negotiation. Well, this is why I'm neither a politician. By the way, I would never have voted Brexit, as you all know. Um, I think it was a ludicrous decision. And it's why I don't run a football club, because well, my idea Europe. of negotiation <laughs> is awful. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I could I could turn this into a pod about my life if you want, but we'll stop there. But um, yeah, no. I mean, I, but I, I will tell you this. We cannot run the risk you, of letting too many targets that are necessary could, slip by. You know, yeah, the, this the, is a, this is a player we bowl, need. That's the top bowling school of negotiation, isn't it? Yes, and unfortunately, I don't have top bowling's money to get away with it, which somewhat I'm, makes makes my I position even more I stupid, kind of right? So, with, I do in this instance, I do kind of agree with. Steph. Yes, I think it does. It's a vital like, position to the I, manager. We need to make it and I, get it done. Obviously, we need a keeper, but he's not the only one out there, and I don't think we should be 
you're paying over the odds. Um, you know, just be, you know, obviously we need yeah. a keeper, but I, you know, I don't think he's the only one out there. And I think there's you know there's other options if if Brentford are asking for silly money. But also, you know, as Ricky says, uh, and we, you know, Chelsea were meant to be interested. If they wanted him, they probably would have snapped him up already. So if we're the only players in town, then you know we're not going. We shouldn't be paying asking price when it's over the odds. I- yeah, I would counter with two things there. Number one, I'm not sure that 40 million in the modern game is over the odds for a keeper who has feet as good as his and who can play a pass as well as he can. We saw big money spent on Allison uh, before by. He's by not that. A he's not that quality club. though. He's not that quality. He's good, but he's not great. You don't think he can pass as well as Allison? I don't think he's. I don't think he's anywhere near as good as him. No, I think he's. I think he's. I think he's a good keeper. I don't think he's a great keeper, and he's got a year left on his contract. So I think. Yeah, that Sanchez, bit maybe holds a little more water. Yeah. Sanchez at Brighton, for instance, I think is a comparable keeper. Is two years younger, also qualifies as homegrown, has been dropped by Deserby, and you know I think will what? probably be available. So I think I, I think we can look at other options. I don't think we should what be head up the, on it. Um, mm, I, yeah, I'm not sure I agree, but I can see your the, point. What um, does the God like Deserby not like about him? It was about it was his possession, but I don't think he's I don't think he's any worse than uh, Raya. Yeah, I think I think Ray is a decent keeper, but I don't think he's great. Yeah, it's a tough one. I mean, the the one year left on his contract. I mean, and I suppose on the bigger picture, it does then revolve around, like you were saying earlier, about what our transfer funds are and how much of a chump. Because once again, we're in that position. We can get him over the line early, but with no guarantees of um, who we're who we're selling, and we don't want to get into that position where we have to where we have to sell before you buy. We want to try and leave that behind. Um, well, I don't know. Well, I'm kind of with Steph. I think I just want like the man in. Yeah. Well, anyway. Let's go to something that we uh, that we we know we uh, <laughs> agree on unequivocally. I think we agree on Breyer, but it's a case of who would do the deal. And look, I, in I, fairness, again, you're both. What's that? I, I just think you've got to you've got to look at a player and say what you know, what is he worth to me? And right. and I and I think if you start paying over the odds, particularly early in the in the window, I think you also set a signal to subsequent transfers. I think other clubs will do the same thing, and I think. Um, I think he's a good. I think he's a good player. You know, for twenty, twenty-five, you know, maybe thirty million at push. I think you know. I think it, it, it's worth doing, but I think forty million is a lot for a an okay. You know, a good, a good, but not great keeper. I think we need to get it done. It's the most important transfer we have to make this summer, in my opinion. So. The Tottenham Hotspur clock, the historic Tottenham Hotspur clock, which sat outside White Hart Lane between 1934 and 2007, is being reinstated on the high road. Uh, Work started last week with the installation of a new lamppost to which the clock will be attached. Work is due to be completed next week. Good stuff. The clock is returning. Our philosophy is returning. We have a manager who seems uh, destined to bring us together as a club, moving us forward in an attacking, progressive uh, motion. The future is bright. We've got a nice all white kit. Hang on. Can I raise a motion? Sorry, I I thought I was going to be the first one to say it. I'd like us to ban the word progressive on this pod for, for the foreseeable. It we've had a lot of progressives. I'm really guilty of this. I do it a lot, but I don't think it actually means anything. Say what we mean. Thanks, lads. That well, was a lot of fun. Well, like, <laughs> we were just going to... So, it, 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 it occurred to me to pick myself up on it because I was listening back to an episode and I heard myself saying it and I'm thinking, you wanker, it doesn't mean anything. Why, you, why do you keep saying this? And yeah, yeah. and we've, we've all started saying it, so it's my fault. Oh, okay. But... 
I have visions, you see, of, of Tongi and Dumbele progressing the ball quickly from deeper positions in a way that we've not seen for years at the club and us flowing forward. That was what I was thinking. But So, so you said that there, but progressive could mean something completely different to, right. to, to a listener or what have you. I think we mean pretty football when we say progressive. I think we mean attacking football. Well, I think as Steph was saying at the end now, I think we could just hopefully hopefully think that maybe things are just going to start falling in place mm. yeah but hope. but but to your point i'll make sure that we don't use the p word and if we do why don't we make a, a, a pact to qualify it beyond just its its usage i think you're i think what you're saying is that there are these phrases that become lazy in football speak uh you know and certain phases of football speak that you throw these words in that become very very sort of they yeah. sound they sound big but they're lazy you know so maybe yeah. that's what you're saying yeah, and so, and you know what? Why not? Let's continue to hold ourselves to. You know, why don't we do a clean out of our vocabulary in this summer, <laughs> and why don't we refresh the adjectives we use and bring in some new ones, and uh, we'll put some on the block, loan some out, and we'll fucking transfer the rest. That's next week's pod sorted. <laughs> we'll do, yeah. we'll do a, a lazy terminology review. <laughs> that would be very funny. It'd be really funny if we each took the time to see what lazy terminologies we use. I'm sure that I mean, I'm sure that I use a whole ton of them, and uh, yeah. so uh, I quite like that. Don't worry, folks. We're just talking amongst ourselves. We will not be doing that for you as a pod next week. It will be. So don't worry. But anyway, thanks, chaps. It was, uh, sure, it was you know, that was a Should lot they... of work, but it was a lot of fun. So thank you. And we will be back next week and throughout the summer with a weekly dose of Spurs related chat. As always, thanks for joining us and we'll see you next week.